It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the bridge of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. going on and welcome to episode number 1018 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, September the 15th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure to check out the pod on all of your favorite podcast apps, including YouTube now. I don't know if you count that as an app, but there's an app for YouTube and you can find the podcast and watch it in video form, which is very fun. So please go ahead and do that. We're over 600 subs now, pushing towards 650 which is very exciting hoping to get to that all-important 1000 mark sometime soon here by the end of the month would be ideal as the season gets rolling very soon all right on today's show as promised yesterday we are taking a bit of a deviation from raptors talk for today it's the off season sometimes we go off track a little bit but it's not all that off track we are talking about the wnba and the potential expansion of the league to toronto and what it could look like we're going to dig into some potential team names and have some fun with mascots and stuff like that at the end of the show and also just dig into why the wnba is about to expand and i think this kind of ties into the raptors and sort of the surge of basketball interest that's coincided with the team being good over the last half decade, obviously winning the title in 2019, and the sort of very underserved market of women's basketball in Toronto. So we are going to talk about all of that on today's show with someone who is uh, going to be far more successful than I am at some point in this sports media biz, if not already. She is working at CBC. She has Unbench Sports, a wonderful new startup site, and she is one of the hosts of Locked On Women's Basketball. Return guest to the show is Krina Mustafa. Krina, how's it going? Hi. Wow, what a nice intro. Um, I always <laughs> love coming on here. Um, uh, thank you for having me on. I'm excited. Of course. Very happy to have you and very excited to talk about the WNBA. So, 
This has been a thing that I've been really on, and maybe I was late to the party, but I've been really on this for a couple years, that Toronto just needs to invest, MLSC needs to invest, whatever needs to invest in bringing the WNBA to Toronto. The sort of inciting incident for this obsession for me was back December 22nd, 2019. You may recall this was the game where the Raptors came back from down 30 with 14 minutes left as Kyle Lowry and a bunch of humps led that comeback, and it was unbelievable. I was at a family Christmas party watching that game, and while everyone was going nuts and like losing their minds at Kyle Lowry doing what Kyle Lowry was doing, my fiance's cousin's daughter, who was like four years old, was sitting there in the madness of us watching this comeback and said, why is it only boys playing? And that really, really stuck with me. And I, I just, you know, that's sort of a... It feels like a market that's terribly underserved in Toronto, the, not having the WNBA team here, and, you know, with the amount of Canadian talent that's coming along, with the surge of basketball interest in Canada, it only feels right for a team to come here at some point. So, Karina, we're going to dig into all of this today, but before we get into the Toronto side of things in particular... I wonder if you can kind of walk me through, this has been a conversation in the league this season in terms of just expansion in general. Lots of different cities have been thrown around. What are some of the factors at play here that are leading the WNBA down the expansion path as, you know, I mean, you go, you dive into it. I won't spoil it. Why are we looking at expansion here as a potential likelihood here in the next couple of seasons for the WNBA? Yeah, so there have been a couple of problems. Like every single year we see the roster, there's only 12 roster spots on every single team. And mm -hmm. so we see a lot of cuts and a lot of these players, like they're really, really talented. So it's not that they're mm -hmm. not good at their job. It's just there's not enough spots for these players on these teams. And so one thing that has been brought up is maybe you increase the number of roster spots to 15 instead of 12. But something else that has been talked about is expansion. And I think right now they're close to expanding to Oakland. I, I know that's, mm -hmm. that's something that they've been working towards. And I know Toronto has been mentioned a couple of times. And so with a league that has been just growing and growing, and now it just feels like there's so much attention and so much pressure to kind of have all this talent here, it seems like a, the logical next step is to just expand more teams because right now we're sitting at what, 12 teams in the league and there's mm -hmm. only, there's so much talent going around and I feel like that's just increasing every single year. Yeah, I'm curious for those who maybe aren't like huge WNBA fans, like was there a cut this season that was like equivalent to like a very good NBA player not making one of the, like a team in the like was there sort of like a high profile cut that was like oh okay this is like very much proof of the problem that's going on here so I'm gonna give you a couple of examples uh one is going to be from the Liberty just because that's the team that I cover so it was like very <laughs> near and dear to my heart but sure. uh, at the beginning of the season they cut Lasia Clarendon and she was like, she's a really good guard. She's with the Lynx now. And um, I remember thinking, oh, my God, they're going to cut them. And I'm going to be devastated because I'm very, very concerned about our depth at the guard position. And they did cut them. But luckily, they found their way to another team. But even that took a while because they had to uh, sign a couple of hardships, a couple of seven days, uh, 10 days, uh, things like that. And then you look at a player like, for example, Lexi Brown on the Chicago Sky she went through multiple cuts before she finally signed a good contract with them. And so just all of this, like it, it just becomes so messy and it's so hard to keep up with. And it's just, 
the players don't deserve this, especially in a league where, you know, money and salaries aren't exactly the most consistent. It's it's not fun when you don't have a guaranteed contract. And you mentioned the money side of things, which obviously is what everything comes down to. You, you know, you would think, too, that in a league where, you know, the owners kind of cry poor sometimes when, you know, there's probably not a lot of reason for them to. And a lot of them are tied to NBA ownership groups as well. You would think that, you know, the allure of expansion money, like a team coming in and paying the fee to join the league would be something that would be kind of top of mind. You know, has there been a reason why it's only coming around just now as sort of a topic of conversation? Like, has this been something that's maybe I'm just picking up on it the last couple of years, but like, has this been sort of a long standing need to expand or is this really kind of coinciding with just like a talent boom across the league? I think there's been a need to expand, especially like when you have a league that's just growing exponentially every single year. At, at, at some point, you just like you just have to step forward and do it. And I know there was I was, when I was doing some research when I was doing some research for an, uh, an article about expansion to Canada. I saw that there was some sort of bid made in 2019 to bring a team to Toronto, but that sort of fell through. I know that's happened a couple of times. Um, I don't know how serious people are about this or if it's just mm-hmm. kind of like maybe a publicity stunt. But um, at some point, someone needs to just just do it. Just do just it. Just do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like there's yeah. no other there's no reason why you shouldn't. Yeah. And you make the point, too, about, you know, oh, you could just add roster spots. But that's not helping the league necessarily. Yes, there's more jobs available for players, but. Like, what if those players who are occupying six, seventh, eighth spots on rosters could go and join a team where they could be one, two, or threes? And then you kind of expand and you, you know, get to see new skill sets on display. You get to see new players kind of thrive and become stars. Like, it does seem like all signs point towards this should just be a thing that they do. And hopefully, you know, as you know, we continue on here. We'll, we'll see more traction for expansion. You mentioned Oakland, but we will get into Toronto in just a second here, Karina, because that's what we're here to talk about. This is a Raptors podcast. We're going to dig into why Toronto in particular is such an attractive market potentially for the WNBA. We're going to get to that in one sec, but first I want to tell you about our friends over at DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to do it is to get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no more need to buy any other device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. 
Sometimes you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Karina. So let's dig into the Toronto side of all of this now. The Raptors are owned by MLSE. MLSE owns basically every sports property in the city at this point, besides the uh, the Blue Jays. Yeah, and you know Rogers is half in MLSE anyway, so it's all owned by the same people. We know there's endless money from all of these corporations, and that you know the, the money would be there to facilitate an expansion bid, expansion fees, all that stuff. Let's get into Toronto as a market, though. You know, obviously you're in Toronto, I'm in Toronto, or Toronto adjacent. Like it's we see it up close, but. What do you think are some of the reasons why Toronto is such an attractive market for the WNBA and why have there been some conversations? We'll get into some of the conversations that have happened before, you know, some business dealings and stuff like that, some partnerships with Canadian companies. But, you know, just in terms of Toronto as a market, what do you see in it in terms of potential for the WNBA? Well, I mean, you see it with the Raptors. They're the only Canadian team in the market and you you have an entire country behind you. And I think Mm -hmm. that um, there is that sort of, fan base for a WNBA team too. People want to cheer for a team. And mm-hmm. if this sport just brings this entire country together, you saw it when the Raptors went on their championship run. You see it when they're not on a championship run. Like people love to throw their support behind basketball. And I think that the demand for a W team has been there for a while now. And I think that if you do bring a team to this to this city, like you're going to have an entire country behind you. And I think that's the most important thing to consider. Yeah, I mean, we've seen the Raptors 905, you know, garner a huge falling in Mississauga. Great news yesterday that they're coming back and their season starts November 11th, playing at Paramount Fine Food Center again. Lovely news there. Um, you know, we've seen the CEBL. You know, I, I work with the CEBL. I've seen the nationwide support for that league and how crazy people have gotten in just a few short years, a few COVID-ridden years for that league. And it's still come through and looks like it's set up for long-term success. And it just feels like you're not really capitalizing. That's a bad word because the capitalism is trash. But you're not really, like, making good on the surge of basketball interest that came around during the championship season, the years that preceded it, the year following it. You're not making good on it if you're not bringing in a WNBA team to sort of service that collection of fans and in a lot of ways it's going to be the same group of fans right it's going to be you know people who like the raptors are going to like the wnba but it's probably also going to open up new avenues maybe people who just want to watch women's sports there's plenty of people who prefer to watch women's sports and for good reason women's sports kick ass there's no reason not to want to watch women's sports there's the people who in terms of like attending games in theory the wnba probably a little bit more affordable than the maple leafs or the raptors at this point and you know you could play them at a a bunch of different places you could play them down at coca-cola coliseum or whatever it's called now at the x you could play them at the acc and share a floor with the raptors and the leafs like there's plenty of ways to make it work you know it's a league that happens in a counter season to the nba so there's not really a whole lot of concern there in terms of like lodging for the team if they were to play at Scotiabank arena it just seems like all the factors are there karina i mean in terms of like traction within the league you probably have heard more than i've just sort of heard anecdotal things things sort of in tweets and stuff like that you know read read the odd article here and there but you know is there actual tangible progress here you know we saw some sort of business partnerships you know canadian partnerships with you know the wnba we've seen lots of different sort of um you know bits of burbling news you know little whispers of interest like where are we at do you think in the process here is it something that you think could be imminent is it something that you think is going to take a longer time where do you think things stand so there are 
a lot of things to consider with this because one thing and one thing that I kind of dived into a couple of weeks ago was there is the issue of flights. So yeah. right now in the WNBA, you can't actually have a chartered flight for your team. Um, mm -hmm. And the reason being is that a lot of teams can't afford it. So they want everything to be fair. And so in their CBA, it says that they can have premium economy on commercial flights. This sure. poses a problem because there have been a bunch of delays for a lot of teams just within the U.S. So yeah. just to think about how much more difficult that would be coming in and out of Canada with the customs problems that they already have with Toronto sometimes. <laughs> uh, it is something to think about. I think that that's an issue that the WNBA needs to kind of fix or maybe try to um, amend a little bit before they bring a team to Toronto, because I do think that could be a potential issue. But I do think that we're inching closer and closer to actually taking that next step to someone actually taking that next risk or whatever it is to, to bring mm -hmm. a team to Toronto. Uh, we saw, I think Tangerine bank partnered with the WNBA this year. I think that's huge yeah. with them being one of the biggest sponsors for the Raptors. Uh, so just all of these partnerships this year that we've seen, I think that's indicative of like going forward um, and how much closer we are to a team in Toronto. Yeah. I, you mentioned the travel stuff. I recall a couple of years ago watching like Natalia Chan was like 28 hour odyssey getting from Seattle to Indiana by way of Atlanta and a bus or something like that. Obviously, you know, that could pose a problem with cross-border travel for sure. Um, you know, I, I guess we also can kind of tap into the, you know, the Canadian talent side of things, right? I mean, the Canadian women's team is, you know, obviously a disappointing result at the Olympics, but loaded with talent. Kia Nurse is a star. Bridget Carlton's coming along. Natalia Chan has been around forever. Like, it's a, you know, Aaliyah Edwards is just destroying things at UConn and is very, very exciting for the future. You know, I, I guess there's something too as well, sort of wanting to sort of couple this growing Canadian talent with a team in Canada. Obviously, it's not to say that all these players are just going to go play for the Toronto team or anything like that. But is there something to sort of the push maybe, you know, those who want to see this happen? Is it tied to maybe the rise of talent that Canada's kind of turning out here as well? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Uh, like you see with Kianers, people, what I've seen most often is, People who aren't really into the WNBA, a lot of concerns that arise from them is that I, they don't know the players. They're like, I sure. don't know anything about them. But with Canadian players like Kia Nurse or Natalie Atonwa, people are interested again because of that Canadian element, because of that like rallying uh, with a country behind them. And so that brings up a whole level of interest. Like you've seen when Kia Nurse joined the TSN broadcast this year, people were really behind it and they became so much more interested. And I think that when you have these type of players, especially when they're stars, like that's the best. Like Kia Nurse is a Canadian star and mm -hmm. she's garnered so much interest in the Mercury this year from people. I've seen so many Raptors fans decide to become a Phoenix Mercury fan because Kia Nurse is on that team. I was so going to wear my shirt instead of this one today. I had to decide. It was tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You see? And I think that that's so, so important to, to getting new fans. And then also when you do eventually get a Canadian team, there's that aspect there too. Yeah, it's uh, it feels like it's past due, and I really hope 
that we see in the next couple seasons here. And, you know, again, I'm not sure if the onus is on MLSE or another sort of ownership group. I'm just assuming it's going to be MLSE because they own all the sports and it just makes a lot of sense. Um, but maybe some other sort of rogue owner comes out of the woods and, and wants to do it. But I, I'm not sure if it's with the ownership group potentially or if it's with the WNBA that needs to get their feet moving first here. But hopefully we see it soon because it's uh, it's long overdue. And I think it would just, you know, I, let me ask you this, Karina, before we get to sort of hypothesizing what the team would look like and team names and all that stuff. But, you know, in terms of like markets and, you know, with support and, you know, attendance and all this stuff, like where do you think Toronto would rank, you know, from day one, if they were to come into the league, you know, would they sort of instantly become one of like the marquee franchises in the league? Like where, where do you sort of view their sort of slot in the league if they were to join the WNBA in the coming years here? Honestly, I may be a little bit biased, but I think that they'd be pretty up there. It's, it's yeah. new, it's exciting, it's a new country, it's a big market. Like, I think they'd be pretty up there. It's super exciting. Honestly, like, I don't know if it'll happen this quickly, but if they maybe got to draft Paige Beckers eventually, hmm? maybe, that, that would be pretty <laughs> exciting. I think that would put them right at the top there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Or I guess when when's Aaliyah Edwards coming out? Because that would be a big one too. If like they could line up the start of the team with the draft for Aaliyah Edwards, that would be uh, just like smart marketing. You could take those ideas and run with them, Toronto, if you want. Uh, unnamed Toronto WNBA team. I guess we'll refer to you as right now is sort of specter in the wind. Um, yeah, I, you know, it'd be nice to have like a marquee market and have a Toronto team in basketball capable of just luring free agents because they're like the sexy market. That'd be great. Uh, <laughs> as opposed to, you know, lining up dreams for superstars that fail every single time. Uh, we will continue on here and uh, dive into, in the world in which that this happens and we do get a WNBA team in Toronto, it's obviously going to have to have a name and mascots and team colors and all that stuff. The stuff I really care about in all sports. So we're going to get to that and sort of hypothesize, kick around some names. I have one name that I'm going to throw at you, Karina. I've been throwing it around for years. I still maintain it's the best idea. Everyone doesn't seem to agree with me, but that's fine. We'll get to that in a sec here. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar, who are making the best tasting protein bars money can buy. They are wonderful. They have nine amazing flavors in their regular lineup, including Cherry Barcia, my favorite, mint brownie, salted caramel, strawberry, orange is really good too, cookies and cream, and a whole bunch more. And if you don't know which flavor you want, you can get a mixed box, get two of each of the nine flavors, and decide which one you like the most to order a full box of. It is wonderful. And they are good for you as well. I've talked a little bit about it on the show before. I've lost like 15 pounds this summer. I decided to actually do exercise, and the biggest challenge has been I have a sweet tooth that is like insane. It's very, very troublesome. But the built bars help me kind of overcome it a little bit because it makes me feel like I'm cheating and eating a candy bar, but I'm not. I'm just eating a bar that has 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from just 130 to 180, just four to five grams of net sugar, four to five grams of net carbs, and they help me get through workouts and stuff like that. They are really, really uh, a godsend for me. Maybe you just want to eat them like a, like, like a snack bar and not exercise. That's also totally fine, too. Either way, you can go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That is the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
Today's show is also brought to you by betonline.ag, who are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the field for another football season. As, as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50, sorry, excuse me, a 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100 to get that deal. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online is your online sports book expert. All right, Karina, let's get into the fun stuff, the stuff that my deranged ass loves to talk about, and that is mascots, jersey colors, team names, all the important stuff in sports that uh, really sports would be a gray, bland, dull hellscape without these things. So you tell me who is worried about the wrong things. Karina, I'll throw it to you before I throw my team names out there. What do you have like some like pet names that you like? Some sort of theories like, okay, this is what the team should be called. You're nodding, so I'm excited. What should the future hypothetical WNBA team in Toronto be called? If you say the thing I think I'm thinking of, then you're a genius. If not, we'll debate it and it's fine. But you tell me what you got. What's your uh, <laughs> what do you have for your hypothetical team names if expansion to Toronto happens? So I think that this name is the only correct answer from all We both feel the same thing. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you should name this team the Toronto Huskies. Okay. I think go on, go on. that, yes, um, I think that you're bringing back the history of Toronto mm-hmm. and you've just opened yourself up to amazing color schemes amazing design schemes i mean you go with the blue the white like we saw how good those those throwback huskies jerseys were uh back in when did they even use them 2018 um and i just think it's perfect the name is awesome we're up north it's history I think you can't go wrong with naming them the toronto huskies that that that's been my that's been my name for god knows how long now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that, that is, uh, you know, it's not my name that I'm going to choose, so it's wrong, but it's a very good answer. I'm, I'm kidding. It's a, it's a, like, totally, like, probably more legit than the name I'm going to throw out there because the history, like you talked about, you know, the Raptors, it seemed like they were on track to rebrand to the Huskies at one point before they got good under the Raptors moniker and figured, oh, we can't change this now because we're good now and it's not all bad, terrible feelings associated with the Raptors' name. And... As much as I liked, like, Huskies Nights and stuff like that, you know, it's never really been my favorite team name for the Raptors. I'm just connected to the Raptors, but I love the idea of steeping the WNBA team in the history of Toronto basketball. Obviously, the Huskies go back to, like, the 40s and the first NBA game played. I think you're onto something here. You could also just, like, adapt a lot of the jersey looks from the time with the Raptors, right? And have that synergy. The Raptors love synergy between their uh, various franchises under their umbrella. This is, seems like a pretty good way to do that as well. I'll throw you my name, Krita. And I think I, I've tweeted about this before. People might know what's coming here, but I think the team should be called the Toronto Smoke. I am not a person who hate, who like likes non-pluralized team names all that much, but it's a pretty regular thing in the WNBA. And there's many reasons to call them the Smoke. One, 
the Big Smoke. That's a nickname for the city. Maybe it's a stupid nickname. Maybe no one's used it since 1846. I don't know, but it's a nickname for the city. The Toronto Smoke lines up very nicely. You could also have, like, phrases. It could be great for social media, like, this other team doesn't want the smoke. That's awesome. That's a great, like, easy way to work it into your social media campaigns. And I also think the prospect of, like, a horrifying smoke monster monster a la Lost as the mascot is pretty cool. Uh, I, I like horrifying mascots. I like mascots that, like, maybe are a little bit unsettling and maybe you think could kill you at some point. And a smoke monster with, like, eyeballs or something like that seems to be the choice for me. Karina, is the Toronto smoke at all a good name? Does it lend too much to just charcoal jersey designs and ugly colors? I, I, that might be the sort of drawback here, but what's your thought on the Toronto smoke as the name for the hypothetical WNBA team in Toronto? I definitely think it's interesting. Um, yeah, I think that might open up to a lot of gray themes, which I'm yeah. not the biggest <laughs> fan of. Um, but you don't want the smoke is kind of a kind of a good phrase. It's kind of a funny phrase, and they they definitely use it for sure. Um, and like what you were the point you were making about the non plural names. I mean, the Connecticut Sun right now are absolutely crushing the league. They have a mm-hmm. singular name, so you know it's not out of the question. I still think yeah. Huskies is a superior name, though. <laughs> Yours is probably objectively better than mine. I'll give you that. Uh, <laughs> there's not much arguing, honestly. If we were to go back to some of the names that were the sort of turned down names for the Raptors back in the day, when the voting happened in 1992 or whatever it was, 93, to name the team. We did an episode on this, like a two-part episode with Katie Heindel, like last summer, where we went through and sort of did alternate history for had the Raptors chosen each of these names. Let me run through some of them for you, Karina, and you tell me if you think this would be a good name. The Toronto Tarantulas. Any good? Oh, God, that's terrible. (laughs) It does have the terrifying mascot potential, which is good. I mean, mascots kind of terrify me in general, so... uh... Yeah, are you, okay, I guess I should ask you this question. Are you a fan of, like, the sort of unsettling mascot? Are you more like a a plush, cuddly type? Like, is your husky mascot going to be, like, a nice, smiley husky, or is it maybe going to have some, like, blood on its cheek or something like that? I think I'll go with a nice, nice husky. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm good. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, no, I'm not expecting anybody to be as, uh, you know, deranged as me when it comes to my... Like, I'm the king cake baby guy. So, uh, by the way, for people who are excited uh, or who care about this type of thing, I, I drink coffee sometimes on the podcast. Our friend Katie Heindel has... I have commissioned and she has made me a king cake baby mug that will be my routine coffee mug on the podcast in, in time. Just haven't seen Katie in a long time for her to deliver it to me, but that's coming soon. Either way, um, let's go through some of the other names here. We've got the Grizzlies, the Dragons, the Hogs, the Scorpions, the T-Rex, the Terriers, the Beavers and the Bobcats, as well as the Raptors. Uh, We went through Tarantulas. Any of those names stand out? Like, would you like some sort of dinosaur name to match the Raptors, or is that 2-1993? Well... First off, let me just say the Hogs is a terrible name. Someone <laughs> <laughs> no, just kind of stuck out. I was like, nope, we're not doing yep. that. Yeah, that is the name I want. I know the Washington football team has the Red Hogs as one of their like potential names. I'm kind of rooting for that because that seems like some <laughs> real Dan Snyder stuff that I would be, get, be on board with. But either way, your point is taken very, very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I kind of like the idea of 
dragons. That that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. I feel like also from a marketing perspective, that'd be really fun to play around with uh, mm-hmm. designs. Um, what were some of the other ones? Uh, you've got the terriers. Uh, the towers were a name as well. Um, the grizzlies obviously was ended up ended up getting taken by the Vancouver Grizzlies. Now the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, um, yeah, beavers, bod- bobcats. The, the, uh, none of these are that great, honestly. Scorpions, like, uh, there's like a child came up with all of these names. And I guess that maybe is how it all happened because, you know, it's for kids <laughs> mostly. But uh, <laughs> I, I think Huskies, honestly, you know, you've kind of landed on something here, Karina. I, I'm on board. And you're you're thinking the color scheme should be the blue and white or, or are you sort of looking yeah. at a different color scheme? Because dragons could have like all sorts of purples and greens and strange potential. But Huskies, you're just going the classic blue and white yeah yeah i think yeah. that would look really really nice I'm a, I'm a huge fan of blue jerseys in general mm. i know some people maybe are not but uh, i i really like them yeah if you're like a toronto maple leafs hater then maybe you're not a huge fan of the colors but uh you know all the toronto teams save for the raptors have the blue and white why not uh you know love the new nba wnba team in with that as well uh krina this feels like a pretty good place to end it before i horrify you more with my mascot takes uh thank you so much for being on the show today this was a ton of fun i'm really really hopeful that the wnba is going to come to toronto and i know that if it does you will be covering it in wonderful depth at all of the wonderful places where you do your work where can people check out all of your great work krina yeah, thank you. So you guys can find me on Twitter at Krina MM. I post all my work there. Um, I'm currently in school right now, so I'm kind of balancing everything. But uh, <laughs> stuff will be coming out, and I'll, I'll post everything on Twitter with all my work. Amazing. Also, go listen to Lockdown Women's Basketball, a wonderful podcast. Krina and Bradshaw Furlong do the Monday show. Howard Megdahl's on Friday. Erica Ayala does Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's a wonderful podcast if you are a women's basketball fan, so go and check that out. Uh, that will do it for today's show. We'll be back again later in the week. I think on Friday I'm going to be back, and we're going to talk about my annual ranking for Raptors HQ, Ranking Every Raptor, my very silly annual exercise where I rank every player to have played for the Toronto Raptors in history. Takes far too long, way too much of a time sink, but it's a lot of fun and it turns into podcast content. So that'll be on Friday. I'll get someone on to grill me about my selections. You'll be able to see that early Friday morning, the first part of this year's Ranking Every Raptor. And uh, yeah, until then, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend, all that good stuff about the podcast. Uh, go to YouTube, subscribe there. It's always very much appreciated. And share in the comments what you think a Toronto WNBA team should be called. That's fun as well. Uh, that'll do it. We'll talk to you again on Friday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Bye bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.